Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage Podcast with Greg Gregory. Join us as Greg interviews powerful thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from across the country on teamwork, leadership, and organizational culture. Now let's check in for this week's episode. Welcome back to the Teamwork Advantage. I am Greg Gregory, your host, where we focus in on teamwork, leadership, and culture. It's exciting to have everybody with us today, and we're privileged to have with us joining today from Birmingham, Alabama, um, Gail Lance. Now, Gail's going to tell us a little bit about her history, but I just I want to go through her background just a little bit here on her bio. And uh, she is a leadership expert, an author, speaker, trailblazer in fields who helps CEOs and executives shape their corporate culture and inspire change. If you know, here on the Teamwork Advantage, we focus in on the team culture an awful, awful lot. So this is going to be a great interview today. For over 20 years, she's worked with organizations and executives who want to make a positive difference in their lives with those who they lead, as well as those they serve. Her clients include names like NASA, Microsoft, Mass Mutual, and a numerous amount of small businesses and professional service firms. She's the author of the award-winning book, Take the Bull by the Horns, and the creator of the Leadership Journal. Gail has developed a free mobile app called My Daily Coach, and that offers daily leadership insights. Her new podcast is also available on all the typical locations, so go find it. It's called CEO On The Go. She's been quoted or featured in local and national global publications, including Business Week, Wall Street Journal, Online, and the New York Times. Gail Lance, welcome to the Teamwork Advantage. Thank you, Greg. I'm glad to be with you here this morning. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun here talking about uh, leadership today and culture, because we know that culture stems from the leaders, without a doubt. And sometimes that culture can actually groundswell from the bottom up and maybe take it in a different direction. We got to be careful about that. But I want to chat with you a little bit. Tell me, let's give the uh, listeners here a background. Where do you come from? In listening to your background, you traveled an awful, awful lot years ago. So tell us about that. Yeah, I did. Well, I come from the corporate world in the insurance and financial services industry. Uh, Worked there for many years. And uh, as you and I talked about briefly, I did travel a lot. I flew um, to the point where I'd become uh, a million miler frequent flyer before I turned 30. So was headquartered in in the Atlanta regional office for the company that I worked for, uh, went back and forth to New York where our home office was. Um, traveled all across the Southeast. Well, actually all over the country. So at a fairly Mm -hmm. young age, it was uh, a lot of travel at the time. I didn't realize how unusual it was. I thought that was normal until I stopped doing that and um, started my own business, doing my own thing um, to help other stressed out executives (laughs) like I was. I became the person that I most needed to have when I was traveling so much and working so hard. Yeah. It's so funny how we start to learn from what we do, what we need, and then we become the source of what we need for others. Exactly. And that, yeah, that's all good. That's absolutely amazing in that aspect. So tell us a little bit, you know, today we're still dealing with COVID-19. We've got people working from home. We've got people who are going into the work a day a week, or maybe a couple. They're trying to two couples, there's multiple people working from home, they've got kids. It's, it's a huge challenge. What are you seeing is one of the biggest challenges that people are facing today? 
Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is, is just trying to accept where we are now. I think so many people are trying to recreate what was normal the way that they think it used to be. And so there, there's a lot of resistance. People are not um, accepting the fact as easily that they need to move forward in completely new ways. So, and, and everyone, obviously, as you mentioned, has their own unique challenges. But if I had to, to look at an overall theme, it's the desire to want to go back sometimes as opposed to wanting to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's a, an enormous challenge. Uh, there's a good friend of mine, and uh, his name is W. Mitchell. And yes. I learned something from Mitchell years ago. He's just an incredible human being. And I encourage yes. anybody just to just Google W. Mitchell and listen to his story. Yes. But something he Absolutely. said years ago to me, and I, I saw him say it on stage as well, was before his accident. If you haven't heard his story, he, he was in a fire, uh, paralyzed. And he said before his accidents, there were 10,000 things he could do. After his accidents, there's 9,000. And he could either focus on the thousand he no longer could do or on the 9,000 he could. Mm-hmm. And I think today with what you just said, so many of us are focusing on the things that we can no longer do, at least not now. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to go back mm-hmm. to that. And we're focused on that versus what can we do moving forward? Right. And, and that's, that's a challenge. There's no doubt about that today. Yeah. Um, le- leaders, they're feeling very constrained, like they don't have control, um, and I always say the reality is they didn't ever really have control to begin with. They just had the illusion of control. <laughs> so I like that. Uh, the illusion of control. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is hard. You, it, it, you, you know, and, and the leaders that I work with are very strong willed used to pushing forward, but uh, at some point you have to quit fighting things and understand that you're actually um, being advantaged by moving in a completely new direction. You just have to open up to new possibilities in a different kind of way. Exactly. So what are some of the ways that people that you have seen have started to open up into those new possibilities, those new ways? What are things you've started to see with leaders? Um, the, the ones that are, are adapting most effectively are rethinking their visions because it's hard just to, to move through. They've, they've, they've moved beyond just trying to kind of keep up with what's going on now. And they're moving more futuristically, looking ahead at what could we look like in the future? How can that be better? What needs to shift? So the ones that are able to be most successful are really deliberately shifting their focus more toward the future, as opposed to just trying to, you know, plug the holes, which everyone needed to do initially when everything was blowing up. Mm-hmm. So, it was like a boat taking on water. They had to plug yeah. the holes and then figure out how to move forward. Exactly. Yeah. I saw so, a story recently on the news about a small company. I think they were in Chicago um, and they were a pizza place, but all of a sudden, you know, they're put into a jam. Now they're still doing pizzas, but they had an extra oven and somehow, and I don't know how they've done this, they were able to dedicate that oven to making face shields. Mm-hmm. So now they're doing two businesses out of there and they've rethought what they can do and they're still making pizzas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the more resourceful you can be, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the challenges is even if you can see it, even if top leadership can see those possibilities, then you have to get buy-in from your team, from the rest right. of the organization, which is a whole other uh, opportunity. I think everything's an opportunity. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a, a different step or a different phase in this process. Mm-hmm. It's sure. interesting the way you said that, and I really like the way you said it. So I want to go back and visit that for a second. You said they have, the leaders have to get buy-in 
from their other people. Um, mm -hmm. So many people are trying to sell it to their other people. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's uh, Jeffrey Gittimer has always said for years, uh, everyone loves to buy. No one wants to be sold. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's getting the buy-in with people and being able to work with them. So what's one of the challenges people or uh, leaders are struggling with on gaining buy-in? Um, the mindset that their uh, employees have of, uh, like we talked about before, continuing to do what they've known. Um, the, the paradigm that they're in is, is so difficult because they can't, they haven't had the opportunity to even have the permission given to think outside of the box to the extent that they have now. Mm -hmm. So for leaders to say, you know, we want to hear crazy ideas. We want to hear uh, what we've never considered before. Don't be afraid to put it on the table. If you don't have a culture that supports that and that allows mm -hmm. people to be safe in expressing their ideas and thinking so broadly and so differently, uh, it will take some time. Going back to, to your point about the importance of culture, uh, culture can be a barrier or it could be uh, something that helps accelerate the growth that you need to have. So it goes back to really creating that environment where people can speak whatever's on their minds, whatever ideas they want to share. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the ways to help open up that dialogue. And when employees are expressing the ideas, that naturally helps create better buy-in. So Absolutely. it's not top-down. Um, and their voices need to be heard. They probably have more solutions locked inside them than they realize themselves. And so for leaders to convey that confidence that they have, that we can do this, we need to hear from you. Let's put all ideas on the table. Let's think through things in a radically mm -hmm. different way. This is opportunity for us. The more they can speak those kinds of messages, the more powerfully they can move through this. Are you seeing challenges at the executive level from the leadership, or is it more mid-level or frontline level leadership? Where do you see some of the struggles? Well, I, I tend to, to work mainly with senior executives, but to answer your question, I think it is at all levels in different ways. But um, at senior executive levels, when you're talking about moving in new direction, there can be friction there. There can be disagreement. Um, some leaders I know are very tired. They just want to be done with this. Um, some say they need time off. They need a sabbatical. They need time to think, whereas others are trying to rev up energy. So you see kind of differences among individual leaders on the executive team. So that can be a challenge too. Um, are you yeah, seeing backstabbing more than you have in the past? I don't know more, but it's, it's just a, a different variation of it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you're under pressure of any kind, that's going to create tension. Um, the the uh, sensitivities are higher when people are feeling stressed and um, not sleeping well, you know, or the kids have been up and you're homeschooling and, or you've had sick loved ones, all those things that can create stress. Um, any person doesn't function at their best under those circumstances. So translate that into a work environment and um, it can mm -hmm. be difficult. And that, that, that's key because all of a sudden now, because we're working from home so much more, there's so many people who are even more frequently bringing their work challenges to their dinner table and vice versa. Yes. What advice do you have for people to try and, I mean, for the lack of a better word, separate the work life and the home life today? Yeah, you know, I hear that advice a lot. And I guess sometimes um, my advice is a little counterintuitive or um, 
might go against the grain a little. I wouldn't worry so much about completely separating the two. Um, I like mm -hmm. finding ways to integrate it, um, to bring the two together in ways that make sense. So maybe it's okay that you share something that's going on at work with your spouse or with other family members so they can kind of understand. I know I've been doing that with my son who's living with me now. We're both sharing our work <laughs> uh, examples and, and um, getting feedback from each mm -hmm. other. And I view that as a positive thing. It's helping us understand each other better. So while I agree, it's important to be able to turn off quote work. Sometimes I'm also an advocate for doing work that is fulfilling and meaningful and energizing to you. So uh, mm -hmm. ideally work is not something that you always want to escape from. It's something that you want to integrate in your life in a positive way. Absolutely. And because we're probably spending significant, this is even pre pandemic days, spending significant more time with the people we work with than we are waking hours with our families, you know, mm -hmm. and now you start to bring this whole thing in together. There is an integration. Yes. And I think, and correct me and give me your thoughts that if we're not doing some form of integration, we're trying to create this. And all of a sudden we get this really strong barrier. And then that's causing problems on both home and professional. Right. I mean, some of the advice I'm sharing with senior executives and, and, and some are great about doing this anyway, is just showing more compassion, showing more interest in what's going on in people's uh, personal lives or family lives, not to the extent that you have to be a therapist or that you're prying into areas that you shouldn't be. Uh -huh. But I, you know, I've talked to some leaders that are just having uh, Zoom sessions like this for no purpose. You know, we've always been taught when you get people together, there needs to be a purpose for the meeting, which I do agree, but their purpose is strictly just to hear what's going on and how people are doing, which is a really sensitive way, very compassionate way, I think, to mm -hmm. lead. So oh, that I've, speaks to the integration that we were talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I've noticed is some companies are even doing Zoom parties, mm -hmm. okay, with the spouses in the family room so everybody can be there doing it. <laughs> and the whole, and the purpose is to have fun. Yes, yes, okay. exactly. They've created games, they've created charades, they've created all kinds of things to be able to do that way. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to add, you know, with all the different approaches that uh, leaders are trying, it's, it's important to know that everything will not hit the mark with every person. Just like you have some people yes. who didn't want to engage when they're in person, you'll have some that really don't want to engage online <laughs> or prefer to be uh, not disturbed or uh, not the party types. Right. So yeah, right. there are all kinds of different personalities, preferences, styles, as you know, um, that can complicate things. Oh, yes. <laughs> there is the person who's very task driven, the social driven, the fast paced, the slow paced, you get all of that kind of thrown into mechs. And I'm thinking and it's interesting because and this brings up a very interesting dichotomy. I've got a friend of mine, who when I go to his office to discuss work, he is by the book. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I can't even crack a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Yet I've yeah. gone to a Jimmy Buffett concert with him mm -hmm. and I try to talk work. He blows me off. So yeah. now all of a sudden we've got those work lives and home lives that are very different and now they're, they're crossing. And so that, that in itself can cause a challenge. 
It can. Yeah. And I think each person has to kind of figure out what works for them. Um, mm -hmm. I know I have similar relationships. And so I, I phone a fun friend if we want to talk about something, you know, that's not uh, serious or mm -hmm. uh, other times I'll turn to colleagues or friends, uh, people in my network for other, other issues. So yeah, people are reaching out though in so many different ways. Um, but the, you know, basic human needs are the same. I think overall Absolutely. people want to feel connected. They want to feel like what they're right. doing matters, yeah. that their work is valued, uh, that they're you know, living the life that they, they want to live. So, right. and one of the interesting thoughts is, and, and this has not changed at all. It's just what you alluded to. A team is about a sense of belonging to something bigger than they are. Yes. And a great leader starts to pull that together and pulls the strength out of everybody. So what else are you seeing leaders do uh, besides do the, the no purpose meetings, if you will, what mm -hmm. else are you seeing? Good, great leadership. Let's look at the senior level. What are they doing with their senior management, if you will, to be able to pass down through the organizations? What, what's penetrating? I think what's working well is the, inc the increased focus on collaboration. So even at the top levels to, to make sure that you're not siloed, that each executive isn't just working his or her domain, mm -hmm. but that they're aware of what's going on in each of the different areas and that they can offer support or ideas. It's much more, uh, you know, collaboration obviously is working toward a common goal. Um, and there's a difference between collaboration and communication. You know, communication is often one way. Um, some organizations claim that they're collaborating when they're really just reporting out on what they're doing. It's not the same. So senior executives can model that at the top. You know, what, what is it that you're doing in the area of, uh, you know, marketing or human resources, other areas of, of the company? And then that can transfer down to uh, other people who may feel siloed in their areas, department heads, uh, mm -hmm. chairs, uh, mid-level management, mm -hmm. companies that are doing the best are opening those channels and they're, they're, it's like they're teaching their people what collaboration really means and how they can go forward. They're, mm -hmm. they're putting people on, on crossing them over into different teams. So you might that's have exactly, one person yeah. that's working on multiple teams so that they have an awareness of what's going on in different areas. Right. I was going to ask you about that specifically because there's a lot of companies today that are literally cross-training their employees in different departments so that everybody now has a better understanding of what's being done. Yes. And yes. allows for the better handoffs. And that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's so very important. Yeah. Uh, one other point I can throw in is the, the um, leaders I see who are proactively looking at projects that combine the talents better of the people on their team. Mm. So in the past where they may have taken some smaller projects that, you know, that might just work for one piece of the organization, they're actively um, conceptualizing what is a big project that we can work on where we can bring all the power, all the talent, the capability that we have. So yeah, being more strategic that way. Great. So let's go back to one of the other things you brought up. And that was, you know, getting that feedback from everybody, because we know that, <clears throat> we know that some of the greatest ideas in the world come from the front line yes, and they, they penetrate those, their ways up. What are ways that you are seeing organizations today? What are they doing to really encourage that, that, that input of new ideas and collaboration? 
at the, the first thing they're doing is they're making that statement up front. They're saying, this is what we want. This is what we need. This may be different from what you've heard from us, us in the past, but now more than ever, we want to hear from you. Um, and like I said, creating that culture where people feel like, okay, I, I can share an idea or I can say something without feeling like I'm going to lose my job or, you know, mm -hmm. people looking at me funny. Um, so it's allowing so them to be more vulnerable. It is. It, it's creating that space, setting the intention by leadership, saying this is this is a, a critical um, part, you know, a, a critical initiative for us is to make sure that we're gaining more input and ideas and solutions from people who are on the front lines. The means to do that can can look very different. You can have small group gatherings that are facilitated. You could do interviews, sometimes bring an outside consultant to help kind of collect some of that data. You can do um, videos, audio interviews. All, they're all, it, there's no limit to the creativity there, but the point is to figure out the best means. And you might even ask the people on the front lines, what do you think are some of the best ways that we mm -hmm. might be able to bring out your ideas? What a novel thing to ask the people <laughs> that you're trying to, <laughs> to get ideas from. What do they think would be yeah. the yeah. best Lee means I for doing COVID that? did a wonderful job of that when he took over Chrysler years ago, you know? Yeah. And so getting that input from everybody is so key. Um, I, I actually had a client one time, uh, said, look, we're willing to pay some bonus money out there for somebody who comes up with the ways that he can either increase our revenue or decrease our expenses. And, you yeah. know, I won't look at those. And one particular gentleman gave him an idea that ended up saving the company almost a million dollars a year. Wow. Fantastic. And he was a yeah. janitor. Ah, uh, yeah. Even he said, better. why are you putting your names on the trash can liners that are inside? You're spending yeah. money to put names on that. Why do we need that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, yeah. Again, people need to rethink everything. Why are we doing this? What is, you know, what is the reason mm -hmm. behind this? And I think a lot of that involves checking their egos at the door. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going back to being driven by a bigger mission and a bigger purpose, making sure that others understand that and that they feel strongly about that too. Are you seeing leaders, executive levels today, encouraging people to take more time away, make sure they've got the detached time? Because by working from home, some people are working 12 and 14 hour days now. Yeah. You know, I've got some colleagues that have told me they've, they've run into people who used to have a two hour commute each way mm -hmm. are now working those extra four hours a day. Yeah. Um, some companies are doing more of that than others. Um, but overall, I have seen that trend. I, I work with some uh, professionals in healthcare on the front lines, and it's really, really hard. Um, oh, that's, that's a you know, brutal area. Absolutely. That's a whole area there. But um, in other industries, yes, I'm seeing um, ample vacation um, where they're, they're saying take time off or take breaks as you need to. Um, mm -hmm. Smart uh, leaders who are conducting meetings aren't, aren't using the same amount of time that they used to. So instead of having these two hour, three hour long meetings, they're trying to chunk it down and do a shorter mm -hmm. meeting then take a break, then come back. Yep. Uh, it's, it's taken a while to find that pattern because for a while, I think when the pandemic first hit, people were just trying to replicate the kinds of meetings that they were having. Right. So to so, your point, they're, they're more respectful of that. They understand the importance of giving mm -hmm. people breathing time. So what, what do you recommend for staff meetings, office meetings? Is there a timeline? 
I've talked to several other folks. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the nature of your work and business. There are a lot of variables, but the key point is to have conversation around what the expectations are so that everyone is on the same page at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I encourage, I encourage people to, to try some things to say for th- this week, we're going to try to run our meetings this way, where we're going to start with a half hour, you know, morning meeting, and then, you know, communicate mm-hmm. by email or Slack or whatever programs are available. But, you know, we're not trying to build in, in these marathon meetings like we used to. Right. So it's hard for me to say there's a certain standard. To, mm-hmm. All I can say is it's probably uh, shorter <laughs> rather than longer yeah. compared to what we're used to. Uh, I actually had a um, physical therapist and personal trainer on one of our episodes early on. And we were talking about we need to take breaks about every hour to physically get up and move our bodies to get the blood moving. But another one I heard recently was the 20-20-20 rule. Mm-hmm. And this is great for kids, especially, but even, even for us, because we're so focused on sitting here staring at a screen. And mm-hmm. that is every 20 minutes, focus on something that's at least 20 feet away for at least 20 seconds. Ah, uh, okay. It seems like I've heard that too. Yes. Yeah. It's fascinating when we start to think that. And if we get those things going, so it, it's even if you're looking outside at the tree line or whatever, mm-hmm. just to give your eyes a break, because by staring, we're, we're exhausted at the end of a day. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the key is being uh, self-aware, knowing what works for there you. Is. There's some people and the nature of your work. There's some people who are writers who might be really intense for an hour or two, you know, just like mm-hmm. head down, very intense kind of work. And then they're fine to take a break after that. Others, you couldn't force them to sit down mm-hmm. for that long, depending on the nature of the work or just how they're wired. Some people just move um, more quickly from one thing to the next and they mm-hmm. can't stay focused that long. Yeah. So I think to have the same expectation for everyone is a challenge. Um, but for you, uh, you know, in terms of being most effective in your own role as a leader, like say, okay, I, I'm, this doesn't feel right anymore. I do need to get up and stretch yeah. or I do need to turn mm-hmm. camera off. You know, if we're on these zoom meetings for so long, right. um, th- just little things like that, that can make right. a difference. My mentor years ago, um, when he was a uh, senior vice president for IBM, he used to take every afternoon his peak time. And that's another thing I believe in is finding our peak time. Mm-hmm. And he would close his door from two to three o'clock every afternoon to strictly focus in on what was necessary because that was his peak time. Yes. And I agree with that. Yeah. Allow interruptions, nothing just turned off. You know, everything got turned off just yeah. so we could work. I, I think do make that recommendation. That, yeah. yeah. And then the reverse of that, I think is equally important. Hey, I need to take a break, 30 minute break here, 30 minute break there, 10 minutes here, do mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. It, it is really key. I like what you said. I, I was going to reiterate a point about mm-hmm. blocking time on your calendar Mm-hmm. for thinking time or to do something that you know that you need to do, um, blocking it on the calendar so that it's it's a commitment. Right. And I, I believe that a time block is so critical to do because then it becomes an appointment. As an appointment, we tend to adhere to it more than just say, oh, I'll do it when I finish this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell yeah. us about your leadership journal. What, what is that? You, uh... Yeah, the leadership journal is, uh, you know, most of what I create is, is for my clients. And it's a, a weekly guide that just helps you spend a few minutes each week thinking about what you need to do for the next week, reflecting on any wins from the past week, 
um, could be a specific challenge, maybe something that you're grateful for. Uh, it's a, it's just a, a very quick and easy way to capture. And I'm a big believer in writing down, like actually having a pen and writing things down, um, to help reinforce what you're learning and what you're committed to. Um, some of my clients use it, say for example, every Sunday, um, evening to kind of set their intention for the week and just reflect on what they're doing well, <clears throat> what mm -hmm. they need to shift. And one main goal for that week, that's really important because we all see our to-do lists that get longer and longer. Yeah. So having a manageable approach once a week to have the clarity and focus that you need can be uh, really effective to do that through the whole year. And there's a little motivational quote at the top of each uh, page. Again, it's only designed to be used uh, once a week, not every day, Right. which I also think is more realistic for most of the people that I work with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, do you also encourage them to, when they're sitting down to plan the next week on a Sunday, do you encourage them to look at the past week and see where they, where they succeeded, where they had challenges? Yeah, it can be. It, it, it could say something that you, you noticed that went well last week. Um, it's really whatever. I don't try to over prescribe, I guess, the way it should be done. Mm -hmm. It's just prompting questions because most of the time leaders aren't being asked questions in this way. They're under pressure to help other people um, grow and develop and uh, take action. So it's, it's like having just a little uh, mini coaching session, five questions, same question every time um, so that they can get that, in the habit. That's key. Five yeah. questions. Yeah. Right there every week that you're answering those same questions. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I think that is so powerful. Yeah. So now let's switch it a little bit. Your app, you've got the app that's called My Daily Coach. Yeah, that's, that's just a little daily prompt. Uh, I've been doing that app for many years. I'm on the fence as to whether or not I'll actually be continuing it. But um, that was started because I used to produce a product that was a page a day calendar, one of those flip pages yep, that had yep. a little question or a thought for the day. So I took that content and put that into an app. So that again, my clients, whoever I'm working with, they can just have a, a question of the day that makes them think or is encouraging or mm -hmm. something to help them in their leadership role. So it, it is super easy. You don't have to take much action. Well, every now and then you do, but it's, mm -hmm. it's really just designed for you to be more intentional about how you're going about your leadership. Right. And we can get that app just going through either uh, Android. Uh, yeah. We can search my, my daily coach in my name. Okay. So, my yeah. daily coach. Got it. Okay. That, yeah. that works. It's so powerful to understand where people are succeeding and where they're struggling with challenges. When people succeed, we often hear a lot about that, especially through social media days today. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't necessarily hear when people are struggling with challenges. What, when somebody struggles with something today, what, if they were to come to you and say, I, I'm, I, I'm struggling, I can't get through this, I'm overwhelmed, mm -hmm. um, what are some of the questions you might ask them to try and get them to come up with the answers because that's what a great coach does. Yeah, I would say, what are you, one question would be, what are you making this mean? Okay, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so if somebody comes to me and they say, you know, the whole, um, we, you know, the team is, is not coming together well, they're not motivated, da, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. Then I would say, what, what are you making this? Mean? Do you think that that mean, you know, or does that mean that they have, issues? Are you making that mean that you are maybe not stepping into your role that, mm -hmm. in a way that you think that you should? Are you making that mean that the system is broken? 
you know, so okay. it's just getting them to think through it instead of just looking at the obvious and saying, this isn't working, you know, to, to either, um, take them a little deeper to say, what is the, the meaning that they're making about whatever's happening? And then the other shift that I like to create in asking a good co coaching question would be, well, where's the opportunity here? Because a lot of my work is oriented around helping people move forward. And I argue that if you get so consumed by a problem, then you can be sucked down by that. You could be focused on something that may not even be the right problem. Um, so to be able to shift the focus to say, where is the opportunity here is a powerful way to help leaders think differently and to help their teams begin to think differently. You know, so many team meetings can really um, digress into a laundry list of everything that's not working, resources that we don't have now, we can't do this process anymore, everything's so slow, complain, complain, complain. Mm -hmm. That's not uncommon. So Especially today by going so much virtual and now we're having to deal with IT departments around this country should be classified as miracle workers, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. So to, to shift that entirely, say, well, where's the opportunity here? Uh, what's something new that could be possible that we may not have thought of? It's mm -hmm. almost like you're stopping that noise of negativity and interrupting that and helping people think differently about going forward. Mm -hmm. So that's another specific question that I think is a really good one to ask of your team. It's so interesting you bring that up because that's, in March, early April of this year, that's exactly what I ended up doing. Didn't realize that's what I was doing, but mm -hmm. I stopped and said, okay, what does this mean with being, not being able to do the travel, not being able to go see clients. Okay. Where's my opportunity now? And out of that was born the teamwork advantage. Yes. Yes. Well, same here with my podcast. Cause I yeah. thought, well, I'd been thinking about this for a while <laughs> and I, and I came up, you know, with all the reasons why I shouldn't. You know, because no, I'm, I really, I like listening more. I'm not used to talking um, on my own or it's mm -hmm. going to be hard to try to learn all this technology, right? I almost talked myself out of it. <laughs> so, but then I thought, no, if not now, when this is the time. Mm -hmm. And I also think I can help a lot of people through just like you reach mm -hmm. more people, help create, you know, good ideas that they can exactly. learn. Exactly. You know, the old adage is, you know, when, when one door closes, a window opens and it's so powerful. And then the great quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, you cannot brighten the path of another without brightening your own. Exactly. Yeah. Those are things that I think are so powerful today is that we can do. Yeah. If we were to wrap this up and what would be the top two things that you would tell a manager or a leader, not necessarily a CEO at this point, but we need them okay. to think like a CEO. Mm -hmm. What would be one or two things you would tell them that they can actually start to do either internally with themselves or even being able to take back to their teams and do? Hmm. Okay. So one thing that I would suggest, because it's fresh on my mind, <clears throat> some recent advice I've been giving is to do an inventory of all the successes or key successes that you've had, strengths, assets, everything that's working, just to kind of brainstorm you know, what is it that I'm grateful for that all of those things to really build that positive <laughs> energy. Uh, it's a great exercise to do with your team now too. I know we're toward the end of the year. So to go back and instead of looking at all the, the problems that have occurred, and I'm not denying that they've been significant, but to say, can, can we talk together about what we've learned uh, the good things that have come from this that we want to focus on, maybe some new ideas that came from this that we want to take into our future. So it's really kind of fanning that flame 
of what's working. A lot of the work I do is not looking at problems, but really trying to orient around the root cause of success. So the more you can focus on where have we seen success, maybe not in the ways that we had hoped, but at least glimmers of it, or we think that things are moving in the right direction. Let's go around the table and everybody share what they're seeing or even a small win that they've had, you know, over this year Mm -hmm. really helps reinforce the good in this and the good in people um, and the good in the work that they're doing. So that would, that would be something I would suggest that people can do solo exercise and with their team. Because as a society, now we've got listeners on the podcast from, I think the last time I looked, I had 16 different countries that Mm. people were listening in on. So uh, predominantly, of course, is the United States. Mm -hmm. We've got to stop. And we have this thing about, we love to see something negative. We love to see somebody else's destruction. We love to go to NASCAR races, love the, uh, the, 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 the wrecks. Everything mm-hmm. of that direction is, mm-hmm. is, is kind of inside of us. Negative stuff leads on the news broadcast every single day. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. got to try and counterbalance that with something good. My, another one of my old mentors and uh, personal friends before he passed away was Zig Ziglar. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can help anybody else and get anything you want out of life if you help enough other people get what they want. Mm-hmm. And so we start to work with that and see that if you take the shower every day, it's kind of like putting a dose of motivation in. Mm-hmm. If you took a shower mm-hmm. this morning, it's because the other one wore off mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. own personal motivation will wear off. Right. So what you just brought up there is take that inventory of our success. And um, some people call it a brag file. You know, mm-hmm. have that mm-hmm. breakdown, pull it out and read it from time to time individually. And then again, get your teams to share it. Yeah. Yeah. Your team that's, should want to talk about it. So I encourage that. Absolutely. That, that's absolutely awesome in itself. What mm-hmm. else would you suggest? Um, if you're a, a leader, again, regard it, go, bleh, regardless of the level of leadership uh-huh. to really dial in to what you want next year to look like. If you could wave the wand to, to deliberately put into your vision, something that is so compelling to you that you just can't not do it. Um, and that may take some time um, to, to really think that through. But I, I think going into next year, we're going to need a lot more energy. Um, many of us will be redirecting ourselves. So to continue to get that clarity, as I talked about before around your vision, what that could look like, how you see yourself showing up, the kinds of people you want to work with, the kinds of problems that you want to solve, maybe the kinds of services um, that you think could be improved or developed um, to just let yourself think so differently so that you actually get excited about what it is that you're moving toward. And then that mm-hmm. will show through you and your leadership to others. Mm-hmm. So um, to do the best that you can to create that compelling vision that gets you fired up, because if you're not excited about it, then believe me, it's going to be a tough challenge to get others engaged in that vision as well. Right. Now, a couple of weeks ago, you and I chatted and you uh, sent me a link to take uh, a working from home assessment. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was kind of eye opening in a way. And it's like yeah. it was very validating in other ways about yes. that. So is that available yeah. for everybody or how is that? Yeah, um, the the free assessment that you mentioned is the the working from home style assessment, and that's great. Especially we're going to be working virtually for a, a much longer. Foreseeable future, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you can find it at workmatters.com forward slash working from home. And it's just a simple free assessment anyone can take to learn about your working from home style that will help you function better as a team 
Um, so I've had a lot of success with organizations downloading that and um, learning about themselves and their, their teammates to help them move forward more effectively. Okay. So that's work, workmatters.com dot com forward slash, slash working, working from, home. from home. Right. I will also put that in on our uh, page so that everybody can have a see, the, see a link there, be able to Great. click on it and take it. Yeah, they get it instantly. So you don't, even, you don't even have to wait. You just take it and then you don't have to wait on me. You get it right right away. So. Yeah, and then read it. It's, it's, it's kind of powerful. It's, it's eye-opening in some ways and it may be more so for others. For me, it was validating. Yep, that's me, definitely that way. You know, mm -hmm. when I first started working from home over 20 years ago, my wife actually called me every day, twice a day to check on me for the first month <laughs> because I am such a people person that now yeah. working from home, she was worried about me making sure I wasn't sitting on the couch all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I think it'll be a helpful tool. So I appreciate your sharing it with people. Not a problem. I'm excited to do that. Our goal is again, to help everybody understand how to build a stronger teamwork, bit better leadership and culture. So I call the TLC mm -hmm. of business. Mm -hmm. And that, that's mm -hmm. so powerful. Any yeah. comments you wanna do as we wrap up today, Gail? Um, no, just thank you for, for having me. It's good to, to share. Uh, we, we have similar goals, it sounds like. And, um, so it's just great to, to know that you're getting good work out there into the world to, to help other leaders as well. So right. and that's, being that's a guest. The thing. Yeah. one of, um, the founder of the national speakers association, the Cabot Roberts said years ago, and I, I never had the privilege to meet him, but he said years ago, don't worry about a bigger piece of the pie. Let's just make mm -hmm. the pie bigger. And if we exactly. as a society start to think that same way, it's mm -hmm. absolutely amazing at what we can accomplish. Yes, absolutely. So. Agree. Well, thank you very much again for being with us on the Teamwork Advantage. Uh, next week, we'll have another guest here talking about teamwork, leadership, and culture. Until then, do not have a good day because that's just being average. Make sure you have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture, visit teamsrock.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-R-O-C-K.com. Be sure to join Greg next week when he interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the Teamwork Advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because a good week is just being average.